0: This would have been a phenomenal year for the 12-team playoff to be introduced. And the reason I'm mentioning that in this video, as opposed to all of my other college football playoff and New Year's 6 bowl game preview and prediction videos, is because these two teams, no doubt, along with many of the others, but particularly these two, as Georgia's 12-1, and Florida State's 13-0, Florida State is a Power 5 champion, and Georgia was just honestly inches away, a turnover away, a field goal away, or a few injuries, being healthy away from being a Power 5 champion as well. Both of these teams certainly would have been teams that had home field advantage in the first round of the college football playoff in a 12-team format. And yet, here they are battling in the Orange Bowl. Florida State has like 20 players opting out. Brock Bowers likely won't play, and Georgia has some injuries. And from my understanding, and maybe I'm reading the room wrong here, but there isn't a lot of interest surrounding this game. I mean, Georgia's a 19-point favorite here, and I imagine it's mostly Bulldog fans who are looking forward to this matchup. But regardless, we're going to give a preview video here we're also going to give a prediction so sit back, relax and enjoy the show. And for Florida State fans looking to leave their conference, it's understandable. Though as a fan of a Big 10 program, I don't know if I want the Big 10 to expand that much and go south. Now they have the west and most of the north. And for Georgia fans, I've interacted with you all before and I've been wrong about you guys the past two seasons. But I think this season, not entirely because I still picked you to go 13-0 and reach the college football playoff, I think I was pretty fair and pretty spot on when I said that Georgia's defense at times this season is just not where it's been the past two years. So there's still interest in this matchup, but I can tell that both fan bases are demoralized that they're not in the playoffs, particularly Florida State. But welcome back, fellow football fanatics. It's your host, College Football with Sam, and before we begin this video, please hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and click the notification bell so that you can get notified when I release more college football content. We are... Second to last in my planned preview and prediction videos for the New Year's Six Bowl games, the preview and prediction video for Liberty versus Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl will release tomorrow. And for the college football playoff matchups in the Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl between Michigan and Alabama, respectively, and Texas and Washington, respectively, there will be more content for those games along with reaction videos. So hit the notification bell if you want to get notified when those videos drop and instantly watch my content. Please comment your own thoughts and analysis and prediction for this game in the comment section. That way we can interact and we can all give each other a different perspective that combines into one great panorama of viewpoints. And if you want to support the channel, please check out my Patreon page via the link in the description and the pinned comment. Something I was wrong on this season was Florida State. I thought that Florida State wouldn't be a top 10 team and... Toward the end of the season, I thought they were a fringe top 10 team. But I thought that they would lose to Clemson on the road, which they nearly did, but they didn't. And I thought that they would lose to LSU at the beginning of the year, which was something that I was totally wrong on because Florida State showed that they could boat race a good team, and they did. And that's sort of the unsung story of both of these teams is when they played at their ceiling— they looked like some of the best teams in the country. I mean, when Florida State was together, they were cohesive, and at times when they had Jordan Travis healthy, it was just like, score, score, score. Big play, big play, big play. And for Georgia, they didn't look as good as the past two seasons, but you could still see in games against Ole Miss where it's like, this offense is terrifying, to say the least. Or on that initial drive when they drove down the field against Alabama in the SEC title game, and and it looked like, okay, this could maybe get ugly. And Alabama, of course, responded. Nick Saban had a good game plan, and and Alabama won the SEC championship game and is consequentially in the college football playoff. But the Orange Bowl, in a certain sense, is really between two what-ifs. Obviously, we could play the what-if scenario for most teams in the New Year Six Bowl who were one or two wins away from being in the playoff. But these two teams especially, Florida State couldn't have done any better outside of Jordan Travis not getting injured and maybe them not playing sloppily via the eye test in a few games. But they don't have a highly talented top 10 roster by recruiting rankings. And Mike Norvell, I still think, is building the program. I don't think Florida State even this year was their peak of what they can be under Mike Norvell. So that's none of their own fault. And for Georgia, you can't win every stinking game. It's impossible. And they had some injuries in the SEC Championship and some misjudgment on the handoff that resulted in a turnover. And ultimately, those three points from that turnover and also the three points that Georgia missed on a field goal attempt from a false start, well, that decided the SEC Championship game. So for these two teams especially, I think this is a game of what-ifs, and that's what makes this matchup somewhat interesting, but that's what also makes this game sort of bland and gives it a melancholy feel. Because if we had the 12-team playoff, well, Florida State could be mad they didn't get the first run by, but they could just prove everyone wrong, even with their backup quarterback. Tate Roadmaker, who's now in the transfer portal, by the way. So it's going to be third stringer Brock Glenn starting against one of the best secondaries and still one of the better defenses in college football, despite Georgia's drop-off. And for Georgia, well, they wouldn't have a chance at a first run by because they're not a champion, but they'd still be able to get their players healthy and have three to four weeks to prepare. And then they could go on a college football playoff march of their own. But alas, here we are. The game will be played in Hard Rock Stadium. Georgia's ranked 5th, according to ESPN's FPI. Florida State is ranked 11th. The Bulldogs are 12-1. The Seminoles are 13-0. And according to FPI, Georgia should only be favored by 5. But due to opt-outs, also due to the fact that Georgia, in losing the SEC title game, probably expected to not be in the playoff. Meanwhile, Florida State, their hopes were still high and they were crushed. Florida State's more demoralized, their roster is more barren, and that's why Georgia's being favored by nearly three touchdowns to win, which I still think is a massive spread, given that most of Florida State's defense hasn't opted out. And that was a defense that respectively held Louisville to next to nothing in the ACC championship game. So this game could still be close. Obviously, Georgia's favored. They should be favored. They're given a 61.2% chance to win, and that's not factoring in injuries or opt-outs. 81% of you in my community polls are picking the Bulldogs to win. That's about 2,920 of you. About only 680 of you were 19% out of the sample size of about 3,600 people. Only 19% of you picked Florida State to win. So... The the Seminoles are big underdogs. They're the biggest underdogs they have been all season long. I talked to some Georgia fans who I know, and earlier they were fearful that Florida State would come out and they would be mad, no one would opt out, and they would treat this like a, a revenge spot, like they were snubbed, and that they would beat a Georgia team that just wasn't healthy and that would likely have Brock Bowers opting out. But that's not the case. Most of Florida State's, offensive roster and, and starters have opted out they have let's take a look here on ourlads.com Keon coleman opted out jared verse opted out johnny wilson opted out trey benson opted out jaheem bell opted out that right there those are florida state's three top three pass catchers that's florida state's best defensive lineman And that's Florida State's best running back. And from what I've heard, there are even more players than that who are opting out. But I don't know for sure. I know that certainly these five are opting out. Jordan Travis is injured. Tate Roadmaker's in the portal, which means true freshman Brock Glenn is going to be starting again. All these things align to a roster that, I gotta be honest, is just barren. And for Georgia, they have some injuries for sure like Brock Bowers still isn't a hundred percent Jamin Dumas Johnson and Branson Robinson they're injured but outside of that and Brock Bowers likely not playing they still have Lad McConkey who should be healthier Marcus Rosamy Jack Saint would benefit from having a big game here they're gonna have Dominic love they'll have most of their offensive line Carson Beck will be starting a Dejon Edwards could benefit from a big game here same with Kendall Milton and defensively I expect most of their defenders to play Malachi Stark, Stalen Everett those are true sophomores so they can't even declare for the draft same with Mikel Williams and those are great players so there definitely seems to be a heavy tilt toward Georgia here and I agree with that I think Georgia right now everywhere except for special teams has a hefty advantage over the Florida State Seminoles let's look defensively defensively The Georgia Bulldogs, this season, they allow 16.6 points per game. That's ninth in the country. It's worse than last year's defense. It's certainly worse than the 2021 defense. And when you factor in schedule and the fact that Georgia, outside of Missouri, and maybe Alabama, didn't play a good offense this year, that that you can tell that Georgia, potentially like many Big Ten defenses, are inflated in terms of scoring defense. Um, But... They still have 29 sacks on the season. Pressure is not their strong suit, but they have some high upside there. Their secondary is elite, 44 passes defended, 12 interceptions, one returned for six. And they have players in Daylon Everett and Malachi Starks who are future day one or day two picks. Javon Bullard and Kamari Lasseter right now are projected, according to rlads.com, as a day two or maybe day three pick. They have Nazir Stackhouse at defensive tackles, same with Zion um, Logue and Warren Brinson. These are players that aren't like Jordan Davis and aren't like Jalen Carter, but they're still great, physical, big, quick players. Uh, Georgia is still a near elite, maybe elite team when healthy and functioning at their best, but I'm just going to stick with near elite. Th- they would compete in the playoffs. I'm not kidding you. And I think Florida State... If they had Jordan Travis and all their starting lineup and mostly healthy, I think Florida State, while not as good as Georgia when healthy, would still find ways to compete in the playoffs. But Georgia still isn't to their full capacity, but they're at a much better position than Florida State. I mean, Florida State on the season, they only allow 15.9 points per game. That's sixth in scoring defense. And... They're better at Georgia at getting pressure. They have 45 sacks. They had 73 passes defended, 10 interceptions. And luckily for defensively, I think that Florida State is retaining most of their players. But I think that Georgia has a better secondary. I think they have the better linebacker room. And part of the reason why Florida State's D-line was so good was Jared Verse and having him opt out I think gives Georgia the edge at depth and I'm just going to have to safely say that Georgia has the better defensive line but if you want to debate that Florida State has the better defensive back room or the better D-line room which I think those are the only two positions that we're talking about where Florida State could have an edge over Georgia outside of special teams you can debate that away but Georgia is more talented based off of high school recruiting rankings their staff with Glenn Schumann and Will Muschamp are still some of the best in the country. They have great strength and conditioning. And Florida State's defense, I mean, they played Miami when their offense was sputtering out of control. They played a Louisville team that is limited in the passing attack, but has a very underrated running attack. The best offense they played all season was LSU. And LSU, I think, got better as the season progressed offensively. And I think that's clear when you watch Jaden Daniels, when you watch LSU's offensive line. We've seen what this Florida State defense can do. And I think Georgia and Florida State are very close defensively, but because of that opt-out of Jared Verse, and I think, I forget his name, but I think a Florida State defensive back, one of their starters opted out as well, that really hurts Florida State's defense. But not in the same way that Florida State having to start their third-string quarterback Hurts their offense along with their top pass catchers opting out. Brock Glenn is 10 of 25 on the season for 90 yards. He has a 70.2 passer rating and he's averaging 3.6 yards per pass attempt. Tate Roadmaker is much closer to Jordan Travis than he is to Brock Glenn. And he was still a big drop off from Jordan Travis. So Florida State, I don't know what they're going to be doing offensively. I know that Trey Benson is opting out, and I heard that Lawrence Toffili and Rodney Hill and like a, a big chunk of their running back depth were opting out too, so I don't know what the situation is at running back, but I know that most of Florida State's offensive line is starting, and they've only allowed 24 sacks on the season, and they're averaging 4.7 yards per carry on the ground with 32 rushing touchdowns, so there could be still some semblance of a run game, maybe some semblance of a passing game, uh, but Really, who knows? Kyle Morlock right now is Florida State's leader in receiving yards with 255, and he has no receiving touchdowns. That's because Jaheim Bell, Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman, they've opted out. Florida State's leading receiver now, wide receiver, uh, Ja'Kai Douglas has 230 receiving yards, also no receiving touchdowns. The Bulldogs, meanwhile, have Carson Beck, who has 3,738 passing yards, 22 passing touchdowns, and 6 interceptions. Beck is top 15 in quarterback efficiency rating. Dejon Edwards has 819 rushing yards and 11 rushing touchdowns. Kendall Milton has 12 rushing touchdowns and 686 rushing yards. The Bulldogs have 2,305 rushing yards. They're averaging 5.1 yards per carry on the ground, and this offense is very balanced. Even without Brock Bowers, they still have Marcus Rosemi, jack Saint, Lad McConkey, Oscar Delp, who's like a mini Brock Bowers, and Dejon Edwards and Kendall Milton have shown capabilities to have good rec- receiving abilities and yards after catch out of the backfield as well. So I just think that Georgia, plus only allowing 12 sacks on the season at one point being a, a Joe Moore Award favorite, or semi-finalist on the offensive line, and having Kirby Smart, who's a top two head coach, Georgia here just has so many, so many advantages. Some players to watch, I think, are Dejon Edwards for Georgia and Ventral Cypress, the second for Florida State. Florida State's defense remains mostly intact, And I honestly think that Florida State's best course of action is playing an Iowa-type game where you only run the ball. Maybe Brock Glenn has some very easy-to-execute pass attempts. Um, Maybe if he gets good protection, there could be some play action. But the defense, specifically the secondary, is going to have to step up. And Fentrell-Cypress is a great defensive back. This year, Fentrell-Cypress on the season has seven passes defended, one forced fumble, a fumble recovery. And 37 total tackles. He transferred in from Virginia, where last season he had 13 passes deflected and 39 total tackles. Six foot, 187 pounds. He is my player to watch. I also think that Braden Fisk on the interior, seeing how he does against Georgia's interior O line with Cedric Van Pran and how he can handle Georgia's offensive line and interior run game will be interesting. Patrick Payton and Gilbert Edmond, defensive ends, and also Kaelin Deloach and Tatum Bethune. Florida State's front seven, how are they going to attack Georgia's run game? How are they going to get pressure? And Georgia loves to run toss plays where they rely on their wide receivers and tight ends to block. That's a big part of the reason why Alabama beat them is because Alabama's fast and physical at edge. And Georgia likes to attack the edge more than the interior in their run games. So, can Florida State replicate some of that same success that Alabama had? And I think that would do a huge part in helping Florida State's chances to win. Offensively, I would look out for Kyle Morlock and whoever starts at running back for the Seminoles. For Georgia, running back Dejon Edwards is Georgia's best running back. I said in the preseason that I didn't think Georgia's running backs were great. I thought they were good, above average, but that they were mostly a product of what is an elite offensive line. Dejon Edwards, watching him against Alabama and how he would struggle for extra yards, he'd give it his all. He had that power ability. He reminds me of, to make some Big Ten comparisons, I think Catron Allen, Penn State, Hassan Haskins at Michigan in 2021— And Brian Robinson at Alabama in 2021, just with giving it his all, like total more power than speed type of guy, but he does have that good acceleration as well when he can get to the edge. People underestimate Dejon Edwards. And I think he could have a big game here that could certainly boost his draft stock. 819 rushing yards on the season, 11 rushing touchdowns. He leads the team in carries with 157. Watch out for him. Watch out for Carson Beck, to maybe pass 4,000 passing yards on the season, and defensively, I would say pay attention to Michael Williams and Jalen Walker, who right now are the leaders in the team in sacks with five for Walker and three and a half for Williams. Who's tied with um, J.D.J. Jamin Dumas Johnson, but he is unfortunately injured. Prayers up to him. Hopefully, he has a speedy recovery. My prediction for this game is Georgia winning 30-10. I think the Bulldogs will pass for over 200 yards and run for over 200 yards in a dominant win, and the Dogs' defense will force two or more turnovers, likely interceptions, but potentially forced fumbles as well. I think Florida State's defense will put up a stout effort, and I think that Georgia will take all four quarters to score this 30 points, but with the offense failing to earn more than 200 yards and constant punts, and without most of their best players, I think that eventually this defense and this team will crack under pressure. I'm picking Georgia to win. I'm picking Georgia to cover. 30-10 to 10 is my score prediction. And honestly, I wish that Florida State and most of their roster didn't opt out or that Tate Roadmaker didn't enter the transfer portal because I think that if Florida State was playing at full capacity outside of Jordan Travis who just suffered a gruesome injury that this would be a close game. I mean, Florida State statistically and from an efficiency standpoint actually has a better defense than Georgia. And I think that Georgia, they've struggled to stop the run this season. And I'm serious, they have. Look at Alabama, who doesn't have a good offensive line. Alabama at times could run against them. Auburn gassed Georgia. Um, At times, Georgia Tech was able to run the football. And this is even when Georgia was bringing pressure. They haven't tackled as well. And even against Ole Miss early in the first quarter, Ole Miss was able to physically impose their will on them with an offensive line that I would say is just above average or good. Not great, certainly not elite. Against teams like Michigan and against Oregon, even against Washington with their offensive line, I think Georgia's defense would get gashed up front. And I think that Washington, Oregon, and Michigan just stylistically, schematically, and how they like to run the football or how efficient they can be. I know Washington's pass heavy, but they've been very efficient at running. I think they would control Georgia because of their offensive line play and how they can run the football. But Florida State, without their best running backs and with very limited QB play, I think Georgia will just be able to play simply on defense and they won't have to do that much and they won't have to adjust Therefore, they'll be able to be good at a few things and shut down Florida State, winning 30-10. to That's my final prediction. And I wish this would be a better game. Maybe it will be. Maybe Florida State will come to play. But with all those opt-outs, and I know that Florida State and Mike Norvell are very disappointed. I do get a sense that Georgia will have a higher morale. They have the deeper roster and the better coaching staff. That all aligns for a dominant Georgia win. Thank you all so much for watching this video. Please make sure to check out my Patreon page via the link in the description in the pinned comment if you want to support the channel. Your support is always appreciated. However, it is never expected. Thank you to my Patreon supporters, Crash2488 for being a Heisman patron, Spencer Bringers for being an All-American patron, and Will Loftus, Gabriel Calendar, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, Chris Lane, Austin Christmas, and Zubin Zah for being an All-Conference patron. Have a phenomenal day, guys. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Bye-bye.